What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Going Live podcast. It is your host, Max Going, and we are back. We are back. It's been a while, but our good friend and our MMA analyst, Kyle Siegel, is here to join us. Kyle, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, man. Yeah, you said it best. It's been a while and a uh, <laughs> lot's happened with us since then. <laughs> yeah, a lot has happened. It's been a uh, we haven't done an MMA specific podcast in a few months and I haven't done a lot of podcasting in general in a while. So it is good to be back. But we do have a, a pretty, pretty big couple announcements here to make. Um, we have uh, obtained a, a media credential for Professional Fighters League, the PFL, uh, one championship and Bellator. So although this is going to be a UFC podcast, we also will be debuting our other branch of MMA podcasts when we while we discuss the PFL, the Bellator and the one championship cards coming up. So a lot to get to and some uh, un, 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 some territory that we're just we haven't gone through before. But we are we are here and we are excited to discuss it. But first, obviously, there's uh, there's a lot to talk about with the big organization of the UFC, and that is the the rise of Cyril Gaon and how he has gone from unknown to heavyweight, interim heavyweight champion within a matter of years. So first and foremost, what what what, what was the first thing that 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 you saw? The first impression that you took away from that fight against Derek Lewis? Well, I mean, we knew he was special, but we didn't know how special. Um... And I mean, two, three months ago when, you know, or I, I should say when Nagano faced Stipe, we really thought that heavyweight division was almost coming to an end, you know, obviously John Jones saying he's going to come up, but it's kind of like, when is he going to fight Dana White saying 2022 and, you know, almost, it was kind of like overnight watching gone dismantle Lewis the way he did, where we're like, okay, never mind. Nagano's not going to reign that division the next five years, you know, um, Absolutely. He's, got, he's got some incredible competition. And I mean, Derek, you could say he didn't look the same, which I agree, you know, but everything aside, um, gone showed us a way different, you know, he was levels up of what he did when he fought Jarzino. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing that stood out to me is yes, you can say you can make the argument, you know, obviously Derek Lewis is 36 years old. He's, you know, he has a lot of miles, miles on him in terms of the fight game, but I think it was a lot more than that. It was more than just Derek Lewis maybe having a bad night or maybe giving into the pressure of being in Houston. Uh, it was Cyril gone coming to to perform at a level that we've never seen a him perform at and B we've never seen a level of any fighter fight like this against Derek Lewis. So, I mean, I'm with you on this one. The thing that, that, that really impressed me the most right away. And we talked about this off air is, is his ability to hold on. Sorry. My fault. Um, I left his DiGiorno in the oven a little too long. <laughs> um, his ability to take a punch. You, you pointed it out to me first and foremost. Uh, I mean, not a lot of people can stand and, and truly bang with Derek Lewis and come out victorious. And that's exactly what he did. I mean, he landed 16. Lewis landed 16 significant strikes, and it never even seemed to phase Cyril Gaon. Uh, it only took Lewis seven significant strikes to knock out Curtis Blade. Uh, Curtis Blade's absolutely unconscious. So, I mean, it gives you a little bit of perspective of, of the iron shin. Not only is he talented, but he can take a punch too. Uh, 
what were your thoughts on on the way that he was able to take and absorb those punches? I think also, though, he knew that after his last two decisions, you know, people were calling him boring, which I don't understand because, you know, we've never seen a Muay Thai heavyweight fighter, you know, move the way he does. Yeah. I think Gon just knew he was on a pay-per-view and he wants to put Lewis's, you know, lights out in front of everybody. So he gets his name respected. Um, but I mean, he was going for the kill. I mean, he threw that. I think it was an elbow in the first round that I saw and I was like, this guy has no fear of Lewis right now. And that's what was really different um, just to see that. And I mean, meanwhile, you know, gone was attacking his legs. We all thought Lewis would maybe, you know, approach a comeback. But um, I mean, at one point when I saw gone, just going for the kill, I was like, okay, this is not what I expected. You know, he's, he's trying to get some respect on that name. And he, he definitely gained it. I mean, the thing that is the craziest, you said, we've never really seen a Muay Thai heavyweight. I mean, he's 6'4", he's 245, and he was looking like Stephen Wonderboy Thompson out there at times. I mean, switching stances, throwing leg, throwing or throwing kicks, throwing punches, throwing elbows. He gives a combination that Lewis just seemed to be taken back. I mean, as soon as he was switching stances in the first round with confidence and, and, and throwing the, the kicks from both sides, you, you could see that Lewis almost had no answer. Uh, do you think that this is going to be as effective against Nganu? It's tough to say because, you know, one thing I do think is Nagano is a lot better than Lewis, you know, when they're at their best. Um, I think when they fought you know, it was a really weird fight for both of them. You know, Nagano wasn't, I don't think he was himself. You know, he just had that beat down from Stipe. But what we've seen from Nagano is, you know, he's also leveled up. But, you know, I mean, Gon's already kind of that favorite against Nagano, which is Same. absolutely crazy to say. You know, if you ever told somebody that two months ago, right. especially, you know, after Nagano knocked out Stipe the way he did, you know, I mean, Nagano literally dominated Stipe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it wasn't even a chance, you know, I mean, when Stipe went for that takedown and then Nagano got his own takedown, I was like, okay, yeah, Stipe's not winning, you know, um, but it's, it's tough to say, but at the same time, I mean, gone just seems like he's getting better, better. And, you know, people say he's only got nine, 10 fights in the UFC, whatever, but people forget, you know, he's got like lots and lots of action outside of the UFC. And if you look at Muay Thai, Muay Thai rankings as fighters, Almost every fighter is a Thailand-based fighter up to about, like, the 170-pound range. Mm -hmm. And when you get to light heavyweight, heavyweight, they don't exist in Thailand because they don't even bother. They're like, you're that big? Yeah, we're not teaching you, you know? Yeah. So it's almost, like, kicked out. You have all these United Kingdom or even USA Muay Thai fighters at heavyweight. So the fact that we see this guy, like, gone, you know, as versatile as he is and – the craziest part is this guy's got like submissions on his record and things like that. You know, and we're like, we, we don't even need to see that. You know, he's that good. But um, no, I mean, the heavyweight division overnight, you know, I think it's the best UFC heavyweight division, MMA division we've ever seen. Because you could have a fatal four WWE match right now. And uh, <laughs> the big it, show, it, Kane, The Undertaker, yeah. and, and Hulk Hogan. That's uh, yeah. the four headed monster the UFC is. is and, and we really haven't even seen John Jones at heavyweight. And that's the craziest part. We may never too. So we that's why I'm, I'm not even bothering with John Jones because, you know, he talks a lot. But at the same time, you know, he's not going to get paid what he wants to get paid. You know, yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah, definitely going to be tough. Um, but yeah, so in, in my opinion, when we, we, we go back and break down the potential match, or not the potential, but the matchup between Ga- Gon and Nganu, um, the way I think 
Cyril has to do, what he has to do to get the W is exactly what he did against Derek Lewis. And that was combination of not only what he's throwing, but where he's landing. He landed 32 out of 32 significant leg strikes and it completely took away the right hand from Derek Lewis. And that was a completely, uh, that was calculated. That was the game plan. You could tell right away he was going for the calf kicks and it worked. Derek Lewis has never really had to face a guy who's going to check, who's going to kick his legs in as, as a, as a, plan a you know what i'm saying so you know he threw nine he landed 98 significant strikes 50 to the head 16 to the body 32 to the legs with 67 coming from distance 16 from the clinch and 15 from the ground so i think you know that's a master class of striking that we saw and that's the formula in my opinion that he has to do to beat Ngannou. chopping down that left that that front leg uh, of francis could be the x factor if he can, it's, I mean, it's we've never seen say, it. Though. It's definitely yeah, tougher to say. We've never, seen, we've it, never so. seen it. So it's a lot easier said than done. But, I mean, a lot of people are forgetting how good Francis looked, as you just said, against Stipe. So the fact that he's an underdog in this fight, it's pretty surprising. I, I would not be surprised if Francis knocks him out in the first round, to be honest with you. I wouldn't either. And I, we have to always remember, you know, Francis... You know, when push comes to shove, I mean, he is definitely levels above Lewis. You know, I mean, that fight was a one-off situation. I hope we never, ever have to, you know, dream about again. <laughs> that was brutal. Um, but, I mean, the biggest thing about Gone, though, is when he was in the clinch with Lewis and Lewis was throwing haymakers, Gone was just there, you know. Gone base. I think that's what he literally did to Lewis. He basically showed him, I'm not scared of you and you're screwed in this fight. Like, you don't even have a chance with me because I'm in this pocket in your zone on the clinch where Lewis loves it, you know, I mean, Lewis loves to prepare, you know, pretend like he's injured, things like that. And when they were in the clinch, gone was just, you know, he was eating him apart. And when I saw that and he was just taking Lewis's punches, you yeah, know, it was sad to see if, you know, especially in front of Lewis's family, friends, his hometown. But at the same time, I think it just showed us like this heavyweight division just got way, way. And know, the thing that, yeah, the thing that, that, Another thing that really comes to mind is that people are forgetting about is he connected the second most significant strikes against Lewis with 98. That's that the most ever was Volkov with 121. And the third closest was back in 2017 when Mark Hunt beat him um, in a, I think it was a knockout, but what we don't really get to see or what we don't really hear about is gone took 131 significant strikes from Alexander Volkov six weeks ago. And, or I'm sorry, 115 significant strikes six weeks ago from Alexander Volkov, the biggest heavyweight in the division and still performed like this and won five rounds to and zero. won five rounds to zero. Easy. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, that is, I mean, when well, you really talked starting, about it, yeah. There's no UFC fighters that are ranked like he was. Like, I will still to this day remember, like, he was six and nine. I was like, who the hell is this guy? When I first saw him, I was like, I don't even know who this is. He's like 14th. <laughs> then he kept moving up, 10th, 6th. He's a Muay Thai fighter. He's got some missions or something, you know. Like, we're like, whatever, you know. This division's run by Steve Nagano. But um, no, I mean, we've never seen this before. And, you know, I don't want to say Steve is like the dark horse now, but like, <laughs> 
Stipe probably Being watched that fight about. and was like, God, really? Yeah. Like now you exist? Like really? <laughs> I have to I already have to deal with Francis and I have to deal with you. Like what the yeah. hell? You I mean, know, like I'm going back to it. firefighting. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> rather, I'd rather save a kitten out a window than have to you know fight back back to back both of you. But I mean the fight between them two is great because uh Francis and Gon are both from France. They're not born there, of course, but I mean that's what they represent. I think yeah. Gon's actually born in France. But um, I know Francis, you know, he spent a lot of time in Paris, France. And I mean, if Dana, you can just bet Dana's going to pull every string he possibly can to get a UFC in France. I think the chance is about 5%. It ever yeah. happens, to be honest, just because of the COVID regulations. But, yeah, I think that's that. That's the reason for this whole thing. I think that's that, the reason yeah. they, they postpone this is because he wants to get this done. And, and if you, pro, you know, propose a fight, hey, this is a title unification bout by two guys from France. Let's do it. I think it holds a little bit more weight in an argument than just, hey, this is a number one contender from France. So I, I think I give it 5% too of happening in France, but I mean, that would be pretty cool. That would be a really, really cool idea. Uh, I think we would definitely see UFC Africa before we see UFC France, but that's a good that's, point. Yeah, but that's just me. You got to give it to Dana. You know, I mean, he signed some guy. I mean, we, we see all the time. Real, you man. know, it's like they got this prospect who's six and zero, eight and zero. He's a professional Muay Thai striker, but we we don't see it this too often. You know, where they come in the UFC and they're well adept at all his. I mean, you could try to take him to the ground, and I mean, you know, he's not moving. He, I mean, you look at him, and I was like, this guy could be a defensive lineman in the NFL, and he could be like a power forward or something. In the NBA. Absolutely. You know, he's Absolutely. got that. I mean, we thought Francis had a good build. This guy's different. He's just really athletic. So, and, and I mean, yeah, continue. Sorry. No, I mean, yeah, don't want to interrupt, but I was just like, I mean, gun to my head, I'm going gone. It's going to be Francis, you know. Interesting. Whether Very it's a knockout, um, I think if it gets past the first round, as good as Francis looked, gone. I mean, he's just leveling up every fight, and that's what's scary because this guy should only be striking people, but he's got submissions. You know, he's he's kind of got the whole picture. Um, you kind of want to joke about. I mean, he's not even that big either. You know, he's like on the six two six forty five. And, you know, he barely has the 6'3 tag, which is really – it's just very unheard of. You know, he's almost like if DC had a Muay Thai background, that's what he – you know? Yeah. He doesn't have the wrestling of DC, but that's what he reminds me of. You know, the smaller guy that is going to – He's going to beat you on whatever you want to bring him. You know, he's like, I don't care what you bring me. I'm beating you. And that's the thing with gone, which is very interesting. If you just take a look at the statistics from from his 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 career so far, he has not spent a single second of his UFC career on his back. Not a single second, which is a UFC record for now <laughs> or <Yeah>. lost around <laughs> exactly or lost around. So, I mean, obviously the game plan an ideal game plan for for Cyril is get the get the fight to the ground, yada yada yada. A lot harder, a lot harder said than done, obviously. But if it stays on the feet, Gon still has the eighth highest uh, significant strike accuracy in the heavyweight division with fifty seven point eight, and he has the third highest striking differential in the heavyweight division's history at two point nine seven. So I think it's pretty clear if Cyril Gon can stick to his game plan. And outstrike Francis two to one, he's gonna win. A lot easier said than done. Um, but it's just I hilarious. That's, that's uh, just what's gonna you're happen. You're talking to I'm pretty sure to like a decision with Tanner Bozer, and then like now he's <laughs> done what he's done, you know. Yeah. So I mean he's just light years 
But all I could say is, That's... I mean, if you're an MMA fan, you how could you not be this excited? I mean, we we went from Stipe Francis only to now you can throw some John Jones in there. And to be honest, you know who has the best chance of beating Gone right now, other than Francis by one fucking you know, Jones. Yeah, Jones Absolutely. by his style, you know, if he can yeah. take him down, show his proof, um, oh. something God's never seen, but um, such a crazy it's, fight. It's tough to say because you know, Nagano's shown no signs of weakness. Um, I'll never forget, Jer- or uh, yeah, Nagano knocking out Jarzino Rosenstrike the way he did. He walked up to him, like, I don't care what you hit with me, like, I'm knocking you out, basically. Yeah, it was and, just like a statement all you know, the way around. And MMA math never works, and that's a, a proven formula. MMA math literally never works. But it took Francis 16 seconds, and it took Don five rounds. So, I mean, exactly, 25 it, minutes, yeah. it definitely does show that Francis is still the top dog here, and Gon is going to have to take a, a, a perfect a perfect performance to beat Francis. But like as I said, you said you know, if I was a betting man, I'm going yep, Francis I'm going first Francis round. As well. Gun to my head, I'm going Gone like a decision or a third, fourth round knockout. Just and, uh, and, you know, I what, also... What I seen from him. what you said earlier how much better he looked against Derek than he did against Jorginho yeah. what happens if he levels up that much better the next fight it's going to be a great fight I cannot wait uh, before we do move on to the next uh, and the next topic of discussion here really quick uh, I'm just going to give you four heavyweights that are not scheduled to fight right now and you give me your closest prediction of what's going to happen all right let's do this quickly we got john let's jones first who what's going to happen with john jones yeah i mean i think steve bay with his record shouldn't have to fight john jones but he's gonna have to fight john jones you know i hate to say it um, okay john's not gonna get a title fight unless some crazy stuff happens and you know whether nagano or gone knocks each other out in a very quick second i don't see that happening you know that could be like a three-peat type fight you know we see um i mean at the end of the day if john fights stipe i hate to say this i love stipe i think john beats stipe okay so stipe i'm assuming that's the question he's gonna fight either john jones or or uh, francis uh we got one more Derek lewis what do we do with Derek lewis blades is scheduled volkov is scheduled rosenstrike is scheduled tabura is scheduled augusta sakai who wants to <laughs> see that no one well, um, I mean, they give him Ola, here? they give him Olenek the other, you know, a few fights ago. True. So I mean, they're just get... Derek Lewis. You have to remember, you know, he takes fights different from a lot of fighters. He's not going for, you know, um, loves bigger fights. Yeah, he yeah. wants money. You know, I mean, if you ever listen to the Joe Rogan Derek Lewis podcast, you know, that's why I think he's got so many fans because he's like, yeah, I'm just trying to support my family and myself, yeah. you know, Shit like movie. that. I just want a bunch. I, w- I want to have six cars that I don't have to worry about the oil change price on <laughs> things like that. You know, um, Derek Lewis, I think, you know, he is going to have to take a back step, especially, you know, after how bad he got dismantled. And like you said, whether it's a Sakai, um, I don't think there maybe a Volkov two type fight that yeah. I think that would be really good. Um, Blades Blades is just out of the picture. I mean, yeah, he's actually. I'd I say, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, I didn't even realize he scheduled the fight Rosen strike next. He so. is, but like, how many strikers do they have to give Blades so he realizes like that's a bad matchup for him? Yeah, you know? no, absolutely. A lot of wrestlers are good at heavyweight fighting strikers, but when you're a heavyweight, it's a different, you know, it's a different breed and showing us because Blades 100%. is the only hundred percent wrestler in the heavyweight division right now. Basically, that's really 
a contender if you want to call that but like i mean you can't really call blades a contender when he gets you know uppercut yeah. by lewis the way he did he's got knocked out by nagano twice the second knockout was absolutely horrible um yeah no i'm with you like, on that i mean he looks like a killer when he's on but at the same time you know when we see him getting knocked out we're like yeah hmm. i mean that's yeah, no, the heavyweight you. division you know i'm with you and then last one real quick we got volkov against tabura now look or tabura Tybura's on a five-fight win streak. Uh, could we potentially be seeing the dark horse of the heavyweight division right now? We could, but we have to remember, too, I think it was uh, Tybura versus maybe Hardy. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure Hardy beat him the hell up on the feet in the first round, and then Tybura submitted him on the second. Um, we could, but it's one of those things, you know, he, remi- he reminds me of like a Jan, Jan Blasowitz, you know, kind mm-hmm. of like... Um, Maybe he didn't have all the fancy wins, but now he's, you know, now he's coming along. And I mean, yeah. that's something we could see. And, you know, remember Volkov looked like he turned the corner too yep. before he ran into, you know, that French <laughs> stable known as gone. So yeah. uh, Volkov, I mean, I thought he would at least win a round, but Volkov just looked the same as Lewis. They look like they were shocked. Um, mm-hmm. It's almost like they think they're fighting a middleweight who just weighs 240. You know, that's the that's way they fight this person. You know, much what it is at the end of the day. These guys moving around and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is not what we train for. And it's like, yeah, of course, because yeah. you're fighting people 250. You're not fighting somebody, you know, who can move like somebody 180. And um, please, please tell Volkov. me. Oh, you go Volkov, though, in that fight? Yeah, Tibura? just because okay. I think Tiber is not there yet, you know, gotcha. and um, I think Volkov is really, you know, the cream of the crop. We're Striking just in this weird. I mean, I would put Volkov easily top five, top six in the UFC, but we had this fatal four way where nobody I don't see anybody taking their spots unless like a significant thing happens like and they can't give Stipe like they can't give Stipe a Tybura or a Volkov. Yeah. I mean, with his record, you know, and they're doing Stipe a lot of service, not giving him a rematch. I'll say that up front. Yeah, they need to do a Nagano Stipe three. But you know what? Nagano basically ab- obliterated him. So um, Dana's like, you know what? I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, that's why he made the interim rest. Yeah. But real quick, the thing, just to double back on what you were saying, when you face Cyril Gaon, the toughest part is to find a training partner that moves like Cyril Gaon. So far, it doesn't look like anyone has been able to find that guy. Um, so, yeah, let's move on, though. We've talked about the heavyweight division now for a few minutes, but there's a lot going on in the UFC. And um, let's start with the lightweight division. Obviously, Dustin, Dustin Poirier win over... Conor McGregor, not the the way he wanted it, but Dr. Stoppage nonetheless gets the job done and he will be fighting Charles Oliveira for the title. It is all but done. There's no contract yet, but it is going to happen. Now, with that being said, there are a lot of fights that are scheduled. First and foremost, my favorite of the of the year could be the fight of the year, in my opinion, Justin Gaethje against Michael Chandler. Uh, What else could you want? as a fight fan from this one. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough to say, you know, with that situation, but what I would essentially say is like Dustin was so smart financially where he just chased the money fight. Um, no matter what we saw Michael Chandler almost knock out Oliveira, And then, you know, Oliveira showed like, I'm not a one trick pony, you know, I'm, I'm going to knock you out, but also, you know, we want to make sure it's not just a Michael Chandler having a weak chin, 
Yeah. Um, Poirier, it's it's kind of a flip side because you know he gave Khabib the toughest situation Khabib ever had in his life out of any of his fights. That guillotine was tight. I guarantee you, hundred percent Khabib. You know, and that's what I love about Khabib nowadays. You know, I wish I liked him a lot more when he fought Connor. <laughs> Would have been a lot bigger fan, but um, you know, I just love the fact Khabib's just open about it. He's like, yeah, I mean that guillotine was tight. You know, no doubt about it, and um. I mean, if, if Poirier can get a guillotine at all, just get the guillotine in on Khabib. I think that that shows a lot of his grappling abilities and, and the challenge that Oliveira is, is, has as his first title defense. I mean, this is the toughest title defense you could possibly ask for, not named Khabib Nurmagomedov as exactly, your first yeah. one. Yeah, I mean, and um, I would love nothing more to Poirier, you know, get the victory because he deserves it. But at the same time, you know, Oliver, you can't count him out anymore. Nope. You know? um, I thought he was done in the first round against Chandler. You know, I don't think Chandler, I think Poirier would easily knock out Chandler, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. I think Gaethje, I think Gaethje's going to knock out Chandler, too. Um, nice. Me, too. Just, but it's a tough call, obviously. You know, I could see Oliver pulling up the upset too but i think poya will beat him but i think this light heavyweight division needs to get a little bit more depth i think maybe the Lightweight. winner of gaichi of chandler they need to fight benil dariush yes sir that's what i think they need to do yes and, sir and that way we find out who's the new king because islam i mean we think islam's ready but islam's getting fed strikers all day long so yep. it's um it's and, not a good matchup it's not a good matchup and 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 so here's here's my thing it's august right you got august you got september and then you got october and then you got islam fighting my dream matchup and probably the most uh probable matchup after this fight is is islam versus benil I think that makes the most sense. But I what do, do too. We do I, I love Benil? that. I couldn't tell you how much I love that fight. Well, but that what do said. you do with Benil in the meantime? This guy is a fighter. He likes to fight. He's already fought it's twice tough in 2021. Because he's, he's good friends with Gaethje, and Justin yeah, Gaethje helped exactly. him out financially. So when Benil Dariush was going through a very struggle when he was losing fights, Gaethje like sent him, I don't know if it's like 50 or 100 grand, but that's why I love both of those fighters, you know, yeah. like Gaethje literally gave him money to help out his family, you know, during the struggle. And then we see both where they are at today. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a great story. And, that, and that's another issue. You're never going to see Benil and Justin fight hands down, even unless I mean, one of them has a title. a title. Yeah. For yeah. a title, then that's all off off the table. But does Dan Hooker Benil make sense? Does Benil? I think it does because I think Dan Hooker deserves it. Um, I will say I do think that Chandler fight that was a one-off because that Dan Hooker versus Poirier. Let's not put it straight. I mean, Hooker almost knocked out Poirier, and if he knocked out Poirier in that fight, he would be on a way different trajectory. Hundred percent. But he was unfortunately, you know. Yeah, that's the fight um, game, and, baby. I mean, I'm pretty sure he won two rounds in that fight against Poirier. So it was a three-two win. Yeah, that fifth round definitely got us in the win. Exactly, um, and he did better than Connor did both fights, hundred yep. percent. So. And, and that's the thing; like, you're gonna you forget how much of a warrior this guy is just because of one bad loss. And like, if you give Hooker the opportunity to bounce back, 
and and avoid a three fight slide, he'll take the and opportunity. And guess who knocked out in. Gilbert Burns, Dan Hooker. <laughs> there you go. With so, a fat knee. Yeah. And um and remember he was fighting a lot of his fights. I think it was at like featherweight things mm-hmm. like that. So I mean that's why he's got such a horrible record. I mean his lightweight record is pretty decent. But um I mean what he did against Poirier, that's why it's kind of like a. Poye could have the record he has, but he's always going to get big fights. But I think you got to throw, you know, a Benil there or like an Islam because, you know, um, Khabib's being very generous, pretending that he's saying Poye is the, you know, the champ he thinks yeah. is there. But at the same time, I mean, he knows. Yeah, he knows. He wants his best friend Islam to get that. You know, he's just Absolutely. saying, hey, uh, 2000, maybe 21, you get it. But uh, 2000. <laughs> 22 to 2026 Islam's gonna reign yeah no no doubt about that honestly I think it might be sooner but that's just me uh, but now I'm with you I think Benil against Islam eventually makes the most sense but Dan Hooker Benil in the meantime hey why not you know it's gonna be they they both can't just sit around and wait because Tony's on a three fight uh, uh yeah Tony's streak. out of the question but he's not going to stop fighting. That's my point. He's going to try and get a W and he's going to continue to fight. They can't wait around at the same time. Yeah. We're in a, a conundrum with this lightweight division. Yeah. Who last, knows what could happen? You know? Yeah. Last question too. speaking of lightweight division. He's lost four of his last seven. What does the UFC do with Conor McGregor? Uh, that's a very tough question. You know, I think uh, Conor's chasing money fights right now. Um, to be honest, I think he does like a DS trilogy or I think Connor's going to take, you know, a step back. I think he's going to realize he doesn't have the same, you know, momentum. And, you know, you said it best. I think he fights like a Dan Hooker or somebody like that. That would be a crazy fight. And 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 speaking of deserve, Dan Hooker deserves a red panty night, in my opinion. Yeah, he does. And I think Connor doesn't have he's still going to make the revenue, but he does not have the shots he can call anymore. hundred percent, you know, Dustin embarrassed him and uh, whether he wants to say his leg breaking or not. I mean, I've watched that second fight, you know, uh, or the third fight. A lot of times I'm like, you know, Dustin was just what he was doing with those elbows. Yeah. It didn't seem like things were going to change. You know, McGregor seemed like he was in there with his up kicks, things like that. But, um, I mean, Dustin was just in his face, you know, and nobody did that to Connor before Dustin did. So I think Dustin kind of set a game plan of how you beat Connor. You just show him you're not afraid of that left hand. And, you know, Dustin took it on multiple occasions, but, you know, those elbows on the ground, I mean, that was just a different level, you know? It's just kind of like, you know, screw you. Mm -hmm. You can talk crap as much as you want say who you are, but I'm going to be you in every way. And I think that's what Dustin showed the last few fights. And I think he kind of outlined the game plan of anybody Connor fights from the get-go. Very good point. That's a very good point. Uh, we'll leave it at that then. Let's move on real quickly to the welterweight division before we wrap this one up. And this one's interesting because you take a look at the top 10, you got Usman and Covington, and then you got a whole lot of nothing. No one is scheduled <laughs> funny, to fight. Yeah. It's like Luke won, but like the way like Chiesa won, it's like Michael Chiesa looked like he was really good at welterweight, but like you're not gonna do that to Kamara Usman, you know, like no. you're not gonna take him down. And then Luke, I mean, I hate to say this, but Luke might be Usman's best bet of getting some crazy ass, you know, some finish. Darts. Yeah. Yeah, some crazy thing, but at the same time, I mean, I think if Usman runs through Colby like he does, I don't 
think Usman's giving up that title. Basically ran through the division. Um, we mentioned this on this podcast, you know, before. Masvidal, the way he looked after, I mean, after Askren and Diaz, I mean, that was his best chance, you know. Yeah. I don't think Edwards is beating Usman anytime soon, especially, you know, almost being knocked out by Diaz. Um, it's just... If Usman beats Colby, that welterweight division is so screwed. Yeah. I I mean, okay, so you got Colby. If he loses, that would be two to Usman. You got Burns, who just lost to Usman. And then you got Masvidal, who just lost back-to-back to to Usman. So those three are pretty much, you know, I don't want to see Burns-Usman again. I'll be honest with you. I love Gilbert Burns, but I I don't don't want to. Um, Leon Edwards, Luke I think they have the two best chances of facing Usman after Colby. And if that's the case, they should fight each other because I completely agree. Usman and Covington are not fighting until November 6th. That is almost three months away. You cannot tell me that Luke and Leon are just going to sit around for the next three months. But I think Leon Luke, that's the best call. If Whoever fights Usman and Colby after that, we'll, we'll, we'll have kind of like a breakdown. But at the same time, you know, if Usman dominates Colby, which I hope he does, um, I think yeah. Usman's going up to middleweight. And um, yeah, as much as you want to say, but that's how you get your UFC Africa. You know, yeah. if you really want to get a paper. I mean, if Dana's really going to want to get a UFC Africa, you can say, hey, uh, is he? Hey, uh, Usman, I think you get five million each just for the, your card. And then it go from there. I mean, they're going to make up. And I think that's what will happen, to be honest. Interesting. Okay. Usman is the most dominant champ we've. We've probably ever seen in any division since Khabib. So very interesting. So you got the two Nigerians potentially matching up. What about the two Brazilians? Luke Burns. Would that make sense? No, Burns won't do that because they train each other. You have to remember, you know, that's, that's right. what's awkward. That's and, right. Um, I, I think Burns knows Luke will get the title shot next. And that's why Burns is doing all these social media things. You know, and Burns even mentioned today, actually, on social media, Ali Abbott, whatever the hell you want to call his name. I hate that guy. But he basically controls Gilbert Burns' social media. So all that calling out was Ali. It wasn't Burns. It was Ali. Doesn't surprise Uh, me. I've never heard Burns say brummy C-word. I'm not going to say But here's the thing. You have to remember, Luke got his ass literally beat every single round by Wonderboy. Yeah, and that's so that's thing. when it's such a weird connect. Yeah, like how are you gonna give this guy a title shot when Wonder Boy kicked the crap out of him and then he beat Burns? Meanwhile, Burns, I mean, he almost not he knocked down Usman in that first round. You know, yeah, he easily won that first round. But same time, you know, Masvidal, I mean, what he did to what Usman in that first round, their first fight. I mean, yeah. he looked really, really good. I mean, with those elbows when he was on the ground, things like that. So it's kind of hard, especially because Usman now that he's knocking people out, he's pushing <laughs> people. Yeah, um, he's looking like a different fighter. You know, we talk about leveling up with gain or gone. Um, Usman's leveled up tremendously. You know, yeah. every single fight. And remember, he's got Justin Gaethje's coach uh, Trevor Whitman in his corner, who's a pure striking, you know, phenomenon. So it's kind of like, uh, what do you need to give a wrestling? You know, master. I'll oh, just give him some striking. Let's see what he does. Yeah, yeah no, and no. this is what happens. Exactly. Two knockouts, yeah. three knockouts in the last four fights. 
when he beat Masvidal the way he did in his own realm, I was like, okay, nobody's beating him. Yeah. Nobody's beating him unless his name's maybe GSP. That's the only person I could figure ever having a chance. Um, I don't know, but that's just being honest. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting, interesting scheduling uh, conundrum for Dana and and Sean Shelby because a lot of guys, uh, I mean, Wonder Boy, what happens with Wonder Boy? What happens? Well, like you said, MMA bread? math is so messed up. Yeah. You can't you like just, uh I don't know got here. two title shots, but Wonder Boy beat him. Yeah. Gilbert Burns barely beat Wonder Boy by taking him down. Meanwhile, you know, it's just uh and then you had Michael Chiesa who was on pace to be that next shot, and now now what do you do with him? You give him Wonder Boy more than likely. Yeah, I mean, he went from finishing him to like actually. Sorry, it's it's so hilarious that fight. I shouldn't say hilarious for Michael, but uh, it's just funny. Like literally, they talked about it right before the fight. They're like, Michael gets submitted by strikers. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't get submitted by wrestlers, jujitsu artists. He gets submitted by strikers. You know, and then yeah, uh, yeah it just kind of showed his. Showed what happened, you know, and when I saw that, like, uh, Dars from Luke, I was like, God, that's just, if you want to add more animosity and, like, competitiveness to this division, I mean, <laughs> what are you going to do next? You know, yeah. you don't really have anybody if Usman beats him. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. Walter Wade's got a lot of questions to be answered, and uh, the lightweight division has a lot of fights to be to be finished. So we will see, and uh, that's it for this one. Until uh, until next time, anything else before we uh, sign off here, Kyle? No, I mean, um, just uh, we're going to do another pod yep. uploading right now with uh, doing something a little bit different. You know, everybody focus on the UFC, we're trying to do like non-UFC, PFL, Bellator 1. Now we just kind of promote things, you know, so everybody's not focused on the UFC. So like Absolutely. give an example. I mean, Friday, I couldn't tell you how excited I am with Friday. Ooh, baby. I got one. I'm waking up in the morning. You already know. 5 a.m. No problem. I'll watch it in Thailand. If I got to move there, you know, marry a girl named <laughs> Betty. No problem. <laughs> just, kidding. just kidding about that. You know, Betty's not giving my credit card. But, um, no, but um, after that, I mean, it's just awesome that like Bellator, you know, and uh, PFL, they're doing it at the same time. So it's kind of like Friday. I mean, you can't if you're an MMA fan. You're not going anywhere on. Friday. That's for Yeah, sure. I mean, just come on. You know, UFC is not the only big outlet out there. So. Absolutely. So uh, until uh, until next time, Kyle, we'll see you in a little bit. All right, man. See you in Thailand on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs>